Thank you for downloading this episode of Just Ball Things NBA Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and give us a rating and review on iTunes. And now, on with the show. Shut up and sit down. This week on JBT Pod, we tackle one of the burning questions in today's league. To rest or not to rest? We'll be discussing about the race to the 8th seed in the West. We'll be touching on Joachim Noah's suspension, Ray Allen's lack of invitation, and Shaq's immortalisation. And how do you cut your sandwiches? And this week, you'll be treated to a DBS of some of the biggest centres in the league. So shut up, sit down, because JBT is about to begin. Hello, hello, beautiful people across Australia and indeed across the world. My name is Nick Busink at JBT Real NJ, and thank you so much for downloading this episode of Just Ball Things NBA podcast. You're listening to episode 1.22 on this Sunday, the 26th of March. And with me today, we have the J-Man J-Pod, Jack Manuel. How are we, mate? Not too bad, mate, but uh, Nat Fife's just kicked a goal, so Freo are coming <laughs> back. Hopefully we can hold on. I can uh, I can see what you're doing at the uh, current moment because beautiful Australian rules football is back in action. Um, recording this during the Geelong Frio game. Uh, so Jack might be a little bit preoccupied during the show. Uh, so expect quality insight from myself. So that's going to be scary. Um, but yes, it is that beautiful time of year where football is back. Um, and it's this, it's this sweet sort of few months of the year when every single code of sport that I follow is simultaneously happening so we've got english premier league coming to a close but still still happening i think there's still about like eight weeks left basketball obviously still kicking footy started it's a beautiful time of year jack we may have to like divulge our podcast because we are just ball things into other ball sports well just ball things i mean that's that's a very broad subject like what ball you know i mean technically our I mean, the logo that Charlie created for us is a basketball. So, but that could well, be the main. Could ball. it extend out to you know ball bearings in uh, in cars? So, do we talk about the F one that happened today as well? Well, like I'm sure uh, um, my father and uh, Ali's father would like that. I'm not a big. Fan. I don't mind F one, but like I'm more. I, I'm more just hear the news about it rather than follow it. Yes, yeah, it's like. Vettel won today, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. Forget yeah. um, Rick, Daniel Ricciardo had some electrical problems with his car and couldn't get it started. So, yeah, that happened. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. I don't really more care one way or the other. More importantly, Mitch Dunker just kicked a goal and went back to 38 points in the front, Nick. Beautiful. Come on, let's get to the podcast so I can watch the rest of the game. Expect live commentary throughout the uh, throughout the game. <laughs> But we will start off here um, with some general news on what's happening around the NBA Association uh, right now. Um, 
Well, this isn't actually uh, NBA related. It's more of uh, something, a, a topic that hits close to our hearts, I guess. The greatest soundtrack of all time being the Space Jam soundtrack, and I think that's undeniable. And anyone who does question. deny it is wrong. Um, and, they, yeah. <laughs> and that's being released on vinyl. And now I recently got a record player, Jack. So this is, you know, stars are aligning here. I was about to say, I, I didn't tell you directly because I wanted you to see it in the news section. I'm like, Nicky boy, if you don't get this, then um, I don't think I can trust you. Oh, I'll, I'll as... be getting it. Oh, I'll be getting it. There is there is no doubt I mean, in my mind. I can imagine you in your room listening to the vinyl version of R. Kelly uh, and a bit of Seal as well. I believe and I can fly. I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. It's so goddamn emotional. It's, yeah, like, it, you know, it makes me want to urinate on children or whatever he did. Oh, Nick. <laughs> I don't oh, really God. remember what he did, but he did bad stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure he did do that, yes. I think it was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was like sexual assault, I don't know. You know I pee on, nah, okay. Um, <laughs> God, all right. Um, moving on to our next piece of news here. Uh, the GM of the Bulls, of the of the Jordan era Bulls, uh, Jerry Krause, has passed away, sadly. You had to put those right next to each other. You had some good news, and then you went straight down, and just, there's no segue, and it's just, now I'm sad. Well, that's life, Nicholas. Sometimes it's it's really happy, and it can be really sad. But, um, yeah, Jerry Krause died at the age of 77, and, and this guy literally was part of the revolution... Revel- like the popularization, the the whole Jordan era, he was at the forefront of it. And yes, um, I got to, I, I recently finished my Michael Jordan biography book and there was a lot of conflict between him and MJ um, and there was a divide between, you know, the the playing roster, the coaching roster and, and, and management and Jerry Krause. But, you know, Jerry Krause did all those things, including the trade of uh, Scotty Pippen, uh, getting Dennis Rodman to the team as well, and of course, um, drafting MJ. Um, so he he created, you could say he was re- partly responsible for one of the most iconic eras in sport ever. Um, but yeah, and even like reading a, an Adrian Wojnarowski article this week, and he was saying how he still loved um, that the element of scouting uh, of the game. So like he still talked to GMs about. Also, and I, I think it was Sam Presti of the OKC where he was talking to him. He's like, so what do you think about your young prospects and stuff? And he's got like all these folders. So um, even until his, his final days, he was still had that passion. And um, it's a sad day for basketball, but hopefully he gets inducted into the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame soon enough. It's a, it's a bit of a travesty that he's not in there already. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely sad news to rock the... Uh... The Bulls' time, the Bulls' um, franchise, sorry, because that was a very influential time in their franchise and it you know, you know, put them on the map and all that good thing and made them a sort of powerhouse in the league. Um, and they can accredit that a lot to Jerry Krause. So, uh, yep. yeah, they'll be uh, definitely missing him and hopefully, like you said, all that uh, Hall of Fame accolades to go with it. So, um, moving on here, a bit of... Uh, not so tragic news, but uh, interesting news nonetheless. Uh, Nick center Joachim Noah has been suspended for 20 games for violating the league's anti-drug policy. So this puts him out for the rest of the season. Um, Jack. He's going to be out anyway. Sorry? 
He was like he's injured. So like this is the thing that I don't like. It's like when a player gets suspended in say like the AFL, but he's he got an injury. So it's like the suspension doesn't really make a difference. So he's going to be missing ten games this year and basically ten games next year. But like Joe Kim Noah's that much of a spud now that it doesn't really make a difference. But yeah, sorry, his, I, his, I, I his fall from grace. Course. No, that, that's pretty much it. Um, oh wait, no, he he got suspended um for twenty games for violating the league's anti-drug policy. Um, so, mate, what happened? Like, is he on yeah. dope or is he on, is he on steroids? That's, Tell that's me what's what happened. I initially thought as well, Nick, but it, it, it was sort of like the, um, I mean, harking back to our, our Aussie rules fandom, um, Ahmed Saad sort of thing. He, <clears throat> a, uh, a sort of, um, prescription drug that's sort of like a supplement, a prescription supplement he took, um, which he didn't know um, was banned in the in the league's drug policy. Sort of how Ahmed Saad had like a Red Bull before a game, or I don't know, if you want to get into the whole Essendon saga, and they didn't know about it. But we will not go there. We will definitely not yes, go there. please, please God, no. But, uh, but tw- yeah, tw- it, 20 it, games it, is... It, it's hard to, to see where they sort of match all of the offences to the, you know, the, pu- yeah. the punishment to the crimes. It's just considering I know what happened um, in the, at the Essendon Football Club was, you know, a, a club-wide scandal and all that that carried over five years and saw, you know, six, oh, how, how many, how many players was it? It was quite a, quite a few players. It was like, it was like 20, 22 players or something like that across um, their current club and those that have moved uh, elsewhere, uh, banned for an entire year's worth of play and practice. They couldn't um, step foot on their respective clubs. Um, so a 20-game, obviously I don't know the specifics of it, but 20, a 20-game 20 suspension, considering half of that sentence will be, uh, would have been, he would have been out for it anyway, seems a yeah. bit light. Um or was, I, I think you know, might... uh, 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 is this the standard that we should be approaching it? Well, uh, I think it, it really does. It depends on the code. So the NBA code seems to be very stringent and harsh in terms of specific offenses. Um, Joe Kim Noah took a, a supplement which wasn't so far out of the, you know, the rules, so to speak. Um and so, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it, he, he's still somewhat of a, a, a known name. Whereas, you know, if you're comparing to the Aussie rules where <clears throat> the whole saga that was happening with, say, you know, West Coast or Essendon, that, that's a completely different story um, because that's a, a, a much deeper and rooted problem. So I think this is fair enough. It, it's, just, um, it's just odd timing. Like, why was he still taking supplements? I mean, I'm, pro- I'm probably sure he's still, you know, practicing and stuff. But, yeah, it's a bit of a weird story to come out of. And a weird time as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, just like you say, I mean, the, play- the players should be responsible for what they, you know, ultimately put into their own body. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, while he was injured and, like, you, like, like it, you, you hit the nail on the head, mate. Everything about this in terms of timing is, is strange. It's weird. It's, it is strange. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal has been immortalized 
at the Staples Center with a statue. Um, mate, is this a life-size statue? Because that's a that's going to be a that's that's going to be a lot of a lot of materials. It's quite a large statue, Nicholas. It he's is quite, quite a large. A, he's statue, quite right? a large man. So he is quite a large man, and um, there there isn't a person who deserves it more. I'm sure uh, <clears throat> Kobe Bryant will be next on that. Uh, in terms of getting himself immortalized with a bronze statue outside Staples, but um, did you hear Shaq earlier? I think it was earlier last week. I'm not sure, but um, the whole flat Earth thing where Shaq joined in on the yes. debate, yes. and then he came out and said he was like, "Guys, I was bullshitting. Just calm down. I'm Shaq. I'm always bullshitting." He said, like, 80% of the time, he's, like, talking shit. 20% of the time, I'm serious. I'm yeah, like, I, I mean, like, he was saying that, um, oh, yeah, the Earth's flat. I drive to, you know, I drive to from, you know, LA to Florida yeah. all the time. And it seems flat. <laughs> it's like, I can't drive on a curve. It's like you saying China's underneath us? No way. <laughs> God damn it, Shaq. You troll. I love the troll, though. I love it. I'm a big fan of the trial, especially when it comes oh, to Oh, everyone lost it. Everyone was like, what the fuck? Because it is such a... Because had... it's such a big deal in the NBA now. Oh, like, no. this is this is an, a talking point. I oh, know. It's crazy. The, did you see on TNT, they had someone dressed up in an Aristotle costume, and because Shaq's nickname is the big Aristotle, and then <laughs> the whole thing, he's like, how many rings you got out of <laughs> and it was oh, like man. it was beautiful but yeah there's no one that deserves this more there's no greater personality in the game and phil jackson was at the game and i'm pretty sure the lakers uh beat the Timberwolves, so you know they at least got a w for him because um they've been struggling this year that's for sure but moving on we um this was this news has developed into something quite uh a bit of a feud a bit of a beef as uh the stars would say so the reigning two-time MVP, Steph Curry, uh, he has predicted that Harden will be the 2017 MVP saying, quote, you kind of have to reward the better team record-wise. Uh, Nick, do you want to tell the people what Russell Westbrook's response was? I'm sorry. Uh, be- before I get into that, um, who's, who's Steph Curry? Who ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> it? Who is it? Who's, who's he? Who's he? Like, He's so I, I, good. I'm sorry, mate. You you goddamn know who he is. <laughs> and then the <laughs> the follow no, the following game that they had together, I think it was like two days or three days later. Yeah. Um, Curry and and it was it was initially Samaj Kristen, but um, you know Russell Westbrook Russell had his Westbrook yeah kind of got involved and a lot of big pushing and shoving. It's been it's been a big week for fights. I've I, noticed I there was like, like three fights in I three like days, and one of them was like the Rolo and Ibaka one was massive. Yeah, that was like there was some haymakers started yeah, there. Yeah, I mean but, uh, Rolo got mad. Holy shit! He was, uh, he was, and then Brook, and then Brook, my boy, came out. He said he's like, nah, I probably got Serge Ibaka in this. I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm just trolling. <laughs> classic. That's exactly what I would say when it's like Charlie was in the basketball. You would say like A Rod or whatever. Yeah, classic. But this, this Russell. Uh, Curry beef, I don't know. It's, yeah. You buy it? Nah, not not really. Because like, Steph is too reserved, 
I mean, he he'd just be and like, like he responded um, when he was asked when he was told about his response because Steph Steph is a very mature he, he's a very good role model. Let, let's put it that way, like yeah, Steph, and yeah, and he was like, you know, I don't buy into these these Twitter beefs and and stuff like yeah, you know, everyone's allowed to have their opinion in this in this game. And I, I respect the thing is, I love Steph and I love Russell, but like they don't, my love for both of them doesn't conflict. Um, because I love the way that Russell Westbrook is a personality in the way that Steph Curry is his own personality or the way that Kawhi Leonard has no personality. Yeah. Um, I love just the... I know basketball's... It's odd. Normally, March is that time of year where um, Bart and the NBA especially starts to sort of cool down and there's you know not many storylines, not much stuff happening, but because this MVP race has been hotly contested and, you know, um, Devin Booker's game earlier, which we'll be chatting about um, later in the podcast. but And then Rajon Rondo, which is our next news piece. Nick, do you want to tell the people what Rajon Rondo came out early in the week saying? Ah, uh, classic, classic, classic Rajon. Um, it's vintage Rondo. Oh, it is. Um, per an article in The Undefeated, uh, Rajon Rondo is getting together his former championship teammates for an anniversary for the 2008 win in Boston. Um Without a fairly key player, I'd say, um, Ray Allen. He is he is intentionally snubbed, uh, Ray Allen, um, for leaving for Miami in 2012 and subsequently winning a title there. Um, mate, what what the fuck? Like seriously? I know it, it's. I've read I've read the article. Very good article, by the way. Uh, the Undefeated is a great website. Um, and I've, I've read a lot about, like, you know, the responses uh, from various media members. And Bill Simmons, literally a Boston Celtics... Uh, a, there is no bigger Boston Celtics fan on this earth than him. Um, I think everyone else, apart from Rajon Rondo... Like, why does Rajon Rondo get to organise this thing? Why can't it be KG or Paul Pierce? Like, who... I get Rajon Rondo was the point guard of that era. Um, you know, they were one of the best... Individual teams um, had one of the best individual years, and until like you know, uh, Miami came along with the, their big three. But who's for Jean Rondo to say that Ray Allen can't come? Like seriously, he, they wouldn't he, have won those titles without Ray Allen. He has got such a self-inflated, ah, oh, deluded self-worth. Yeah, there are and I mean, so many things about so him better. I don't like. I can imagine. That, Rajan Rondo probably wouldn't have got about like half of it. Well, I'm not going to say half, but like a lot of those assists that you know, if he didn't pass, if Ray Allen didn't make a lot of those shots, like Ray Allen makes him look good. Um, you know, I'm hashtag team team Ray Ray on this. Oh, definitely, this for sure. definitely. Yes, he did. He did go to the enemy, leaving um, the Boston Celtics to go to the Miami Heat. Um, but you know, you can't blame a guy. This the. As everyone says, the NBA is a business at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, everyone holds on to... everyone. We love uh, the beef in the NBA. It keeps us talking. It gives us stuff to talk about in our, in our podcast anyway. Um, uh, are you Team Rajan or are you Team Ray Ray, Nicholas? I am never Team Rajan. He's <laughs> just a... It's, it's so ironic as well because he was preaching earlier in the year on how, um, like, he's the ideal teammate and that yeah. you know, Dwayne Wade and, and Jimmy Butler are terrible leaders and 
and like not being inclusive of 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 the lower class, I guess, at Chicago. And he is doing exactly that for this sort of for this not really a test testimonial, but this anniversary for the uh, 2008 Boston win. And you just put who cares? Put it behind you. I know, yeah. Like, you want to ring with this guy. Like, if I... I mean, there's been a lot of teammates that have disliked each other over the years. Like, you know, you go back to Shaq and Kobe. Their their personalities definitely clash. But, you know, at the end of the day, they won rings together and they share that mutual respect and stuff. Plus, this was like a decade ago. Like, get over yourself. Yes, you're still in the NBA. I still probably think that if Ray Allen was in the NBA, he'd be a better player than Rajon Rondo anyway. Oh, Ray Allen would fit perfectly into the into today's game as well. Exactly. I mean, we spent enough time speaking about Rajon Rondo and uh, and plenty of NBA news. But score update, Nicholas: the Cats are now up by forty nine points before we head into our first break. So go Cats! Beautiful, go Cats! Uh, We'll be taking a break here. We'll be back on the other side with some discussion points. You're listening to JBT Podcast. Be sure to head on Facebook and give us a like. Welcome back to JBT Podcast. Jack, score update. 44-point lead, three-quarter time, Nicholas. Beautiful. 89 to 45. Three-quarter time, is it? Three-quarter time. So let's get into the last quarter. By the time we finish this podcast, hopefully John will be 1-0 like your Western Bulldogs. Beautiful. Good start there from... It's going to become like a regular thing now because we're generally going to be doing podcasts on the weekend. Yeah, it's probably going to... We usually do them on Saturday night. Probably do them on Saturday night, so it'll coincide well with the night game. So we'll give you you guys regular score updates uh, of whatever Saturday night matches happening at that time um so we'll start off here with some uh with some discussion points that have been brought into us this week uh and it's been an interesting developing the eight seed in the west um denver and portland are sort of batting heads at the moment um so so jack who, who do you see taking out the spot in the that eighth spot in the west the Nuggets or well, the Portland Trailblazers? There's a difference here, Nick. So there's who do I want and who do I think? I think Portland will, um, just judging on their current form. Not that Denver have been bad by any stretch. It's just that I think they have a harder um, final sort of 10 games or so. Um, I posted a, a Twitter poll early in the week and got a few votes on it. And it was literally split 50-50 between who would you rather out of, like, who would you prefer to see in the playoffs? And we had a little bit of a, a chat about this. I I mean, I would be happy to see either of these teams. I, I like your argument in saying you want to see some some new teams in there in terms of seeing, like, you know, Jokic and, and the Nuggets uh, get some playoff experience. But if Portland don't make it, this is um, CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard, like, two stars. That would be, a, a, like, a really disappointing season from them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they definitely overachieved last season. I think they, I think they finished four, uh, fifth, fifth. I think. Yeah. Um, Somewhere around there. Yeah, and they they ended up getting. I know they beat they beat the Clippers in their first round. Yeah, they yeah they definitely overachieved last year. Um, I do think they're a playoff worthy team. Um, are they worthy making to to the second round of playoff? Probably not. Um, they probably need some more pieces around. 
um, Video Game Dame and, and 3J. Um, but they are still, they're, they're still an amazingly good, that's bad English. They're, they're a great offensive team. Um, they're a great, right. Yeah, their their defense is, you know, much to be behold. But uh, I, w- I want to see Nuggets in the playoffs. I really do. I want to see, you know, some young blood, some fresh blood um, getting smoked by the Warriors in the first round, all the Spurs. <laughs> the, the thing is, I think Denver would have a better chance at stealing a few games than Portland because their game, like, no, who's going to guard Nikola Jokic, Zaza Pachulia? Like, Draymond he, Green. he is an offensive beast. Well, Draymond Green, yes. Um, but I, I don't think he has... Like, Jokic can... Jokic's game is, is all... Like, other than... Like, his defense is shoddy. Um, but his offensive game, like, would destroy Draymond's. And yes, Draymond's defense is good, but he really is better as a help defender than as a one-on-one defender. Like, you know, so it lets um, Draymond do his thing where it's helping out of the perimeter, helping out of the rim. Um, if KD is back by that time, that'll certainly help. Um, mm. But I still think that the Warriors do tend to struggle against um, quality bigs, whether it be a DeMarcus Cousins, a Nikola Jokic, Carl um, Anthony Towns. Those sort of teams with those quality superstar big men tend to go quite well. And I'm pretty sure Denver have beaten the Warriors this year. So I want Denver to make it because I think they've got a better shot at um, knocking a few games off of of Golden State. I don't think Portland would would even get one. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) anyone who goes up against the Warriors is up for a very tough uh, first-round pick. I mean, not if you're the Warriors. They should probably smoke whoever they um, play. Um, But I I, I tend to agree with you. Um, the Nuggets are kind of the the picture of not media like consistency, I guess. If you look at their month by month breakdown of games, they're pretty much they're pretty much five hundred, apart yeah. from this this um, March and, and apart from March where they've they're eight and four at the moment in March, so they're, they're really stepping up their game. But um, you know the the Trailblazers can go from you know they had a, they had a four eleven four and eleven December. A two and seven February, but this in March they're ten and three, so an incredibly flaky team. Um, I think that will catch up to them in in the playoff series. So in terms of taking taking something from the Warriors, they will definitely. Um, oh, sorry, the um, Nuggets will definitely fight harder, um, and Jokic's offensive ability is incredible. It is like you said, it's amazing. This guy. Um, in a few years, I, I can I can see him averaging a triple double. Uh, he can assist. Yeah. He's big enough to board, and you just need to put up ten points a game, which is, you know, bread and butter for for superstars, which he will be. I have every faith in that, um, and that's probably why I want to see him in the playoffs. I mean, yep. I don't really want to see Lillard and, and CJ. I mean, I love those two players. I love CJ. Um, don't don't get me wrong, but. I just want to see. It's more an experiment from my eyes. I just want to see how they go, how this young team goes in the playoffs. You know, it's not only Jokic. I want to see like Jamal Murray there as well. Um, it'll it'll just be more interesting than uh, than a Blazers team. In the, in that experiment, the, that word experiment, Nick. If they do make the playoffs, um, I think, and with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and, and players in that ilk. 
um, and they do okay. The Denver has a lot of uh, flexibility in terms of their cap space and their and their um, uh, their assets. So I think they would be able to. They I remember reading somewhere that they they went hard on you know having a go at Paul George. Um, they are the destination sort of team, like a New York, like an LA or something. So the best way they can attract players is through their game. And right now they have um, a legitimately um, exciting upside. So attracting those free agents um, certainly isn't going to be difficult if you've got Nikola Jokic there. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see because that playoff run could certainly help them in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the polls split down the middle. Um, and I can't understand. I mean, that, the, the Blazers are coming in red hot right at the right time as well. So it, it's, I mean, I, I've, I've already, you know, discussed who I want there, but who do I reckon will be there? I think the Blazers will pinch it from them. Uh, just because of that sort of streak, the streaky nature of their play and they're coming into a red hot spell right now. Um, yeah. So unless they, you know, completely fall, which could happen as well. Um, but I think just coming towards this time of the year where some teams, you know, they might be playing teams who have already clinched playoff spots, not trying as hard because you get to that time of the year where um, teams who are already out stop trying and teams who are already in stop trying, try to rest players so they can pick up a nice a few cheap wins there. And the fixture will, will help them amazingly. Their, their fixture is so much easier. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the fixture is what it comes down to. And, um, you know, watch this space. I'm sure next time we do a pod, all will be revealed. And I'm sure we'll be much closer to knowing uh, who's going to take that eighth seed. But uh, our next uh, sort of a bit of a fun sort of we'll do a quick fun DP of the week because, you know, we, we've got to. We've got to keep the bants flowing, as we are at JBT. Um, the NBA duos, the NBA is known for the, their bromances, uh, you know, whether it be Kyle Lowry and uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, um, Jimmy Butler, and no one. I don't think he has any friends over there anymore. <laughs> no one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we we thought we'd pose the question: What NBA duos are Nick Nothing at JBT Real NJ and the J Man like? Um, if we are like Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, I am definitely Kyle Lowry, and you are definitely Demar Derozan. Yeah, I mean you're crazy, and I'm more of I'm, I'm more reserved than you, and and you're you know, better. Actually, no, Lowry's better. Lowry is way yeah, better. That's annoying. <laughs> And as well, if we go to Steph and Clay, um, Clay is like the very stoic, boring one, which is you. And Steph's the sort of fun, energetic one who likes to dance and do fun, weird yeah, but, things. But, whereas Clay, but Steph Clay is a family man. I'm a family man. I just, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've been getting chummy with my niece, adorable little Harper. So, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm good with the kids and, and, and stuff and I'm hip. And I can, can shoot, can and I can shoot three. Can you teach her to whip a nae like Riley Curry does? Mate, I will be teaching her all the tricks of the trade, and she will thusly resent me for it. She will, um, 
if you post like videos, a cute video of like a, a young girl on of a, a young baby, like a toddler, we could go viral as much as like your water bottle challenge did. That's not exactly a hard standard to beat. Hey, like that got like four hundred views. Actually, I think I was looking the other day at all of our quiz. Um, my one at the basketball thing in the NBA store had like a thousand views. I'm like, hey. Why? That's quite a few for like you just... were shit. Hey, we versed each other. Did we? Did we verse each other? No, I didn't even. I no, didn't no, even I didn't. I didn't end up. Um, I didn't end up doing mine. No. Right. Well, I'll be home over Christmas, mate. And when the first thing we do as soon as I land in Melbourne, we are going to playtime. No matter what time <laughs> it is of the night, we are going into playtime, and I will destroy you. Yeah. No. You see, you won't though. That's that's. It's... You just won't. You're done, mate. You're done. Mate. But any any other NBA duos you reckon, Nicholas, that we are we have similarities to? Like LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Is there any sort of similarity there? I'm well, definitely LeBron. I'm I'm the greatest of all time and you're a wannabe. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Oh but I don't believe the earth is flat. Maybe Yeah, but you're that dumb. Maybe, Maybe Omar Osman is Kyrie Irving because he thinks the, <laughs> the Earth is flat. Can confirm. Oh. What about what about Zebo and uh, Marcus Ole? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm a tall. Actually, no, because you would you're European, so I guess you're Gasol. But I'm fat. Well, I guess then you're Zebo. There you go, and I'm black than you. Skin you color. Are much <laughs> you are much blacker than Got me. That nice olive um, tan. What about, say, like, uh, MJ? Well, let's go with, like, Shaq and Kobe. I'd definitely be Shaq. Yeah, but Kobe raped a bird. Yeah, but that doesn't... That, that He was acquitted, mate. It was like OJ. It's, if the glove doesn't fit, it, you must acquit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying into it. Conspiracy. There you go. One of those new conspiracies. Yeah, no, I, 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 I refuse to be Kobe. We can both be Shaq. He's big enough. True. We can be like one on top of, one on top of the other with a trench coat. Yep. Yeah. We'll uh, be like done. the kid, the Vincent. Mr. Um, yeah, Vincent, v- Vincent from, from Boja. I'm going to do adult things. Like, how can you not? How can people? I went to the Beast stock of- market today. I did a business. <laughs> I, I like how he says I did a business. I did a business. <laughs> Look, oh, his it's... his focus on business is eventually what broke down his and Princess Caroline's relationship. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Off topic, but um, bo- best boat. Oh, we Bojack. could do a Bojack podcast for for later days, but uh, <laughs> Nick, the big question in the NBA that has been pummeling around for weeks: to rest or not to rest. That is the question. What is the answer? And this is one of this is one of the stupidest debates I have seen in the NBA. You rest your players. Get the fuck over it. I. You see it. I, I guess it's. I'm trying to translate this to AFL, but it's a little bit different. Obviously, AFL is not a star-driven league, and AFL ticket prices are nowhere near as expensive as NBA ticket prices, but. You have to empathize with what GMs and coaches are going through. 
I mean, when I when we did our tour of um, America, we were lucky enough to go see players, and we we saw the players that we wanted to see for the teams. Um, we saw, you know, uh, we went Except to see the Wizards. Except Mello, yeah, that's that's actually right. Kieran was pretty devo at that. Um, yeah, but you know, I I got to see. Well, okay, well that's perfect. We didn't get to see Mello. I'm not upset with that. Like it was annoying. Wanted, it was. He wanted to go home. He said as soon as we, because we all got the Bleacher Report notification at the same time. He's like, I'm going home. I'm like, what? And then we looked down at our phones and we're like, oh shit, because we literally like just sat down in our seats as well. It didn't. It didn't matter for me. Because at the end yeah, of the day, I'm seeing NBA quality basketball, and that's new. That's new for me, so it doesn't it doesn't matter that I'm not seeing the stars. It'd be like, okay, I can understand he might have been injured. He's you know taking a rest, especially for playoff playoff quality teams. You what do you want? Do you want these um, teams to run their players into the ground, and then because there's no winning for teams if they then. If they don't rest their players, play them the whole season, and you know end up completely screwing up in the in the NBA finals in the NBA playoffs because the their players aren't rested, they will get criticised for it. If they then rest their players to prepare for the playoffs, they're going to get criticised for it. There's no middle ground here, and it's it's the stupidest. It's the oh, it makes me angry how. It makes me angry how angry people are for uh, for teams resting their players. You have but to take care of your it's players. It's a lot easier for, for us to come from a certain standpoint, Nicholas. Like, for example, if we were... I'll give you a hypothetical. If we were to go to um, a game at this time of year, which is March when... Uh, February, March, when players get rested quite a bit. Um, we would go to a Washington Wizards game and they were versing um, Philadelphia. And they rested John Wall and Bradley Beal. And you had paid full price to see them, uh, to see your favourite players. And it was the only chance at the only time of year, because we're travelling around America, you don't get the luxury of living in Washington. Surely you'd be pissed. Oh, Didums, please. It's bigger than you. In terms of... these, These players are out to entertain, fine. But they're here to... With, like players play to win championships, GMs GMs provide, you know, the structure for teams to win championships, and if it requires them to rest players because eighty-two games in a season is ludicrous, and then seven games for a playoff series for one round is also a ridiculous amount of games. Like these 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 players are playing ridiculous amounts of minutes. And with the whole health, um, with, um, you know, sports science progressing in the way that it is, we know more. Um, it's, it's for, for, for fans to say that, oh, I didn't get to see it, it's very selfish. It's, yeah, but Nick. It's very like, selfish. You, it's big, uh, it's I, not I, about you. You're coming from a very elitist standpoint where it's like, you know. Mate, I am perfect in every way. But, but, like, at the end of the day, there would be, and this is, and people need to realise this, there's no league without the fans. It's the same in any sport. If you treat the fans with contempt, 
And I'm not saying that that's what's happening. I'm saying that there is a solution to this. And one you sort of alluded to is possibly shortening the season. But that ain't going to happen because that means less money for the owners and that means less money for the players. The players aren't going to want that. Next season, the NBA is going to be started earlier. So to hopefully shorten those back-to-back, uh, the likelihood of those back-to-backs. Um, the uh, Adam Silver came out earlier in the week saying that the owners need to, the owners or GMs need to provide a bit of notice rather than doing these last-minute uh, LeBron James is sitting against the Clippers. Too bad. I'll sip, he can sip a coffee on the bench or whatever. Um, I think that there just has to be that level of, of empathy and understanding between the NBA, the NBA GMs and then the NBA hierarchy, whether it be Adam Silver or whatever, because, you know, uh, the, the Clippers-Cavs um, game was one of the lowest-rated games on um, on free-to-air television in the, and on ABC, which they highlight as being like their big day of the week or whatever. Yes, I definitely do understand it from a standpoint of sports science and, and player health. Um, but I also think that this can be fixed with just better scheduling and uh, less games, but that ain't going to happen because less games means less money. No, no, like the argument is like, you know, well, the, the NFL season is like half, is like half or like a quarter of it and they make more money or whatever. Well, like, yeah, that's completely different. It's a completely different sport. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there is a solution. And I think to rest or not to rest, what is the answer to the question? I think the answer is to rest, but within reason. Yes, I mean, you're going to you have to you have to rest your players. I mean, it's all it's all strategy. I mean, resting players comes into it's it's part of a coach's role to manage a list, and manage. You see it in in soccer as well in 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 football. You see players rest all the time, especially when they have to play multiple games in a single week. It's hard on the body. Um, players need their rest, and and to to ask them to do it I mean I'm sure they're more than capable of doing it they're um, they're amazing athletes um, you know they, they this is their job this is their life um, so I'm more I'm, I'm sure they're more than capable of, of playing the games but if we're forcing them if we're, sorry not even forcing the players because they would want to play every game that they can they're professionals we're forcing yeah. uh, teams to play these players 82 games, for example, just say your starters had to play 82 games. This is a very big um, if and won't happen. Um, we're then putting these players at risk of injury. We're then putting these players at risk. Oh, we're shortening the longevity of their career. And we're reducing the quality of the basketball because they're not going to be playing as well, playing 82 games. Unrested, yeah, coming into a coming into a city at three a.m. and playing eight hours later. Yeah, I don't think it's a player issue. I mean, we can we'll move on shortly, but I think it's it's definitely more of a, a hierarchical issue in the fact that the scheduling needs to be fixed up. Those back to backs need to be fixed up um, ahead of time. The GMs, because um, ultimately it's the GMs' decision. The GMs need to let you know the the broadcasters know that like look, well. Um, you know, you've got a back-to-back for us here, and you know you're putting. If you put the Cavs on, like the the Golden State Warriors are always put on. Um, you know, generally the the high broadcast games, but you know there's going to be times in the season where Golden State Warriors players, um, Cleveland Cavaliers players, San Antonio Spurs players need to rest. 
So it's it's just a balancing act that I think. Well, expand. Um, that's another thing. Expand the broadcasting deals. The NBA has never been as good as it is right now in terms of its breadth and depth. It is an amazing league at the moment. There's, the playoff spots are so close. You can put your um, a marquee game of I don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks, who doesn't want to see... I mean, Giannis is... Resur- like, not resurgence, but Giannis has come to power, I guess, um, has been amazing this year. He is a, he's a highlight reel. You put him with someone, I don't know, a lesser team, but still really, really solid. Like, a, I don't know, a Utah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, but, like, at the end of the day, um, it's still... Uh, it's similar to, like, you know, an EPL sort of thing where it's, like, you know, your big teams sell. Um, your super teams sell. Like, you know, your, your LA teams, your New York teams, those big market teams. Um, and then, obviously, Golden State and Cleveland where the superstars are at. And it's not to say that, you know, Milwaukee might not be one of those superstar teams. Um, Utah are, are certainly a, a very good team, but it's, yeah, it's it's not like the AFL where, like, you know, a few years ago, the Western Bulldogs barely got any marquee Friday night games, whereas now they're a superstar team. They're, they're getting a few, and, and they're definitely getting that coverage. Um, it's a completely different organisation. But we've, we've chatted enough about this, and like every other podcast, we... Um, we could chat about it for, for much longer. But um, our final DP of the week, and it relates to my beloved Nets, who have been killing it lately and are better than the Cleveland Cavaliers, Nichols. I'll bring it out there. <laughs> Confirm. In the month of March. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. In the month of March. In the, in the month which of March. Which is uh, uh, asterisk. But still, we've won more games than Cleveland, so we deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> but relating to that, um, a, a tweet by a, a Nets broadcaster, Anthony Puccio, um, the Nets might be one of the most fun place, fun last place teams in NBA history. Discuss. Um, look, I'm coming from a bias standpoint here, but whenever I watch the Nets play, we don't play like a last place team. We play with energy. Um, uh, we have a play an entertaining brand of basketball. Um, we don't even like you know in um, blowout losses. We still like you know. Sh- um, jack up threes. Um, we pass the ball. We're a very entertaining team. We're not like you know a, 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 the the 76ers of the of the recent um, of the recent years. And we're not like um, even now the Lakers who have been trashed. Like we're, we're way more entertaining than the Lakers. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm obviously going to come from a standpoint where it's like you know I think my team's pretty good. Um, but Jeremy Lin certainly helps that for sure. Um, Nick, what do you think? Do you think the Nets are entertaining? Do you think we're a decent, um, well, uh, we're a considering last place team? I'm not, I'm not too sure on the whole, if it's sheer entertainment or whether it's perceived entertainment. Now, I I put that to you because you were shit last year. And in terms, not in terms of record, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch you last year. It was, it was I bad. I could barely watch us well. It, it was disgusting. Um, so in terms of sort of growth, you know, I, it, it looked you looked like how your organization was. You were playing basketball exactly to the level of mess your organization was. There was no structure yep. on the court. It was just riffraff. It, 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 was, it was terrible. Um, but now you're starting to, you know, you can see a system. You can see <clears throat> purpose. In your game, and it's it's refreshing. So that level, that jump, I guess, 
is is what is perceiving this entertainment. And you're playing at a fast pace too. You are currently fourth in the NBA for pace. Um, <clears throat> so up there with the um, with the Rockets in terms of pace. So you're an exciting team. You're shooting the three a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot more. Brola has developed his three point game, and three three point shots are exciting. I think Look, is there... I, I think the point of Kenny Atkinson right now is to try to one develop a culture, two develop a game plan, and three develop a game that the fans can enjoy. Because you need well to you need to develop you need to get that again. You need to make fans because you're not going to be good regardless of how you play, but you may as well enjoy it. You may as well let the fans enjoy it and and see some progress, I guess. And this is, you know, getting those, getting these pieces in in place and having that structure there is the first step. Yeah, and I put this to you: there is not a better big man, um, offensively in terms of his all around skill set than Brook Lopez right now. He is quite good defensively. He's not the best. There isn't a better, and he's. I'm. I'm going out on a limb here, and I. I challenge you to find someone better. He is the best three-point shooting big man in the league. Yeah, By Ma- Mark Gasol. No, he's white. He's a better. He has. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring up points. some. I'm gonna bring up some stats. I'll. Uh, you keep talking. I. I will do a little bit of research. Yeah, well, Brook Lopez. Keep going, mate. I mean, the the other night was um, just symptomatic of like why I, I don't want him to be traded because um, I think his presence with the organization right now is it, unless we can get like a really great um, package for him, him and Lynn right now they they provide a bit of spark and leadership to our organization for those younger players like Isaiah Whitehead, Dinwiddie, and Karis Levert, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. But yeah, reading so many articles about my beloved Nets, the, the culture is certainly changing, and that is coming from Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson um, instilling a belief in this roster, um, creating this family atmosphere where they've got like a a, um, a literally like a family area um, at the at the practice facility, so like you know family members can come in and on road trips, um, the the team has allowed family members to come on. So Jeremy Lin's mother. Um, Quincy Acey's son has, has young sons come on it. So um, a, a lot of players have come out and said that, like, you know, they don't – no other team does this. No other team creates this such harmonious atmosphere. And, and I think, you know, if you're happy playing you, – if you're a happy person, then you're going to play in that way. So I think, you know, um, outside – off the court, what's been created is reflective of what's happening on the court. The players are buying into what Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson are selling, um, and as, as much as I think it's yes, it's going to be a, a big rebuild because you know we don't even have our pick next year either. It'll be the year after that, but um, you know, wait until twenty twenty, Nicholas. We'll be making those playoffs again. <laughs> God, twenty <clears throat> far out. Only like thirty before the time the Nets are in the playoffs again. All right, mate. I um I brought up a few uh, centers here that I. Uh, I feel can, you know, they, they might be drifting. Oh, well, one of them will probably be drifting more towards the power forward spot, but uh, I'll see if you want to count them. All right. So I've got Marcus Gasol, Carl Anthony Towns, and Channing Fry just off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, or should I should I yeah. get rid of Fry? 
Fry's definitely a power forward. Okay, all right. I'll give it a Fry. Let's compare him to uh, Marc Gasol and Carl Anthony Towns. I can yep. tell you with confidence that they are both shooting a better percentage than Brook Lopez. Uh, uh, are they? Yes. Is that on basketball reference? Yes. Okay, well, what are their... 34.9% 34.9% Brook Lopez is shooting from three. As a career, 32% shooter. So, you know, that's 3% increase. It's very good. Marcus Ole is up 4% from his um, career. He's shooting 80... Sorry. 38%. And Carl Anthony yep. Towns is shooting 35%. Okay, based off how many, uh, how many, does it say how many shots they've taken? Um, I can find out. I mean, it just says, um, all, I'm, all I'm looking at is sheer percentage right now, but I can, yeah. I can have a look at how many three oh, points they attempt. I know for attempt. a fact that Carl Anthony Towns um, and Marcus Sol would take less. Um so if you if you're going and buy percentages or whatever, like it, I could go Boyan Bogdanovich. I think he's shooting like forty five percent from three now. Yeah, but he's not he's not a center. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just saying because of the organization that he's in, and like in terms of sheer volume, and you know if Brook Lopez, are, okay, you're probably proving me wrong with the Marcus Sol thing, but I still think Marcus Sol is shooting a lot less threes than Brook is. Like I, I'd be. I, I could hazard a guess in saying that, you know, Brooks probably shouldn't about four a game. Um, but um, if you do find those stats in English, you can let us know. But um, if not, do you want me to move on to start of the week? Yeah, yeah, you, you keep going, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll keep looking. I'm, I'm going to look at totals for uh, no, not, not per game. No per game's a bit So uh, moving on to start of the week. Um, it was nice to finally talk about my Nets for once in a podcast. Um, ben Golliver of uh, Sports Illustrated... Uh, or SB Nation, I'm not sure, one of those organizations, uh, posted a, a very interesting stat um, following the Devin Booker's 70 points barrage. Um, absolutely ridiculous offensive night, though they did lose, as Jay Crowder pointed out on Instagram. Um, <laughs> it was still a, an historic night and everyone was losing it. There was Kobe Bryant shouting him out, Kevin Love, everyone on Twitter, Instagram, but Ben Golliver's stat via Twitter. The Suns' Devin Booker's 70 points. Now, his 70 points means he now has a higher career high than Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Moses Malone, Tracy McGrady, and every other active NBA player. It's a pretty wild stat. And he's 20 years I mean, old, mate, as well. He's like. 20! He can't, like, someone posted on Twitter, and this made me laugh as well, have a bit of a chuckle. It's like, go home, Devin, you're drunk. Wait, no, you can't be drunk. You're 20 years old. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy what, what he's doing at the moment. Like, um, I, loved his, I loved his stuff this year. I mean, he was my tip for, he, uh, I think he was my tip at the start for most improved player. Um, still can be. <laughs> so, I mean, 70 points. I mean, just give give the guy the award, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just an amazing to see him do something like that. Unfortunately, it was a loss. I mean, Phoenix only scored 120 points in that game. So, the rest, the, you know, the rest of the, you know, 10 players on that who played that game scored 50 points altogether. Yeah. <laughs> You know, not you're great. not you're not really help. I mean, he did take forty one shots. I'm pretty sure, and then went to the line a good twenty six times as well. So, 
they didn't have much opportunity to score uh, points, and Booker did play 44 minutes. Uh, so he was on the court uh, 44 out of 48 percentage. Um, but, yeah, um, enough can't be said on, on what a dominant display he showed. But, mate, I've got some uh, I've got some big man stats for you if you'd love to listen. Okay. Um, this season, Brooke Lopez is shooting the most. I added DeMarcus Cousins to this um, conversation as well. Um, yeah. Hold on. What's 268 plus 68? Is that uh, 336? 336. Okay, hold on. 300 and yes, he's still shooting more. DeMarcus Cousins is shooting 336. Uh, Boogie, uh, sorry, uh, Brooke Lopez is shooting, has shot 338 threes compared to Marcus Ole's 252 and Carl Anthony Towns' 240. So you were right on the money there. He's, he's shooting the most out of those, out of that sample size. Um, but, you know, the, the percentage, mate, isn't there. Yeah, I mean the the percentage is, is one thing, and uh, I I agree with you. Um, but you know, I, I just think if I was if, if you know if we were to have a big man three point shooting contest, Stevie Botlop, um, sorry, um, <laughs> if we would have a big man three point shooting contest, Brook Lopez is going to win it, mate, over Marcus Sol. Yeah, but you you got it. You got Carlton Towns and to Marcus. I'd put them. I'd put my money on Cousins, personally. Yeah. Um, I'll put my money on Joel, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you put him there in there as well. I mean, big men can really shoot the ball these days. So, um, yeah, I mean, the whole point was saying that he has developed his game in this sort of way. So, 100% right there, mate. So, I'm, I'm glad you're very high on, on Brook Lopez at the moment. So, you should be. Always will be. But, mate... Um, <laughs> Do you want to do you want do you, you want to continue off here because we're running a little bit overtime here, mate? Do you want me to do my J pod or do you want to head, head to a break? We'll head to a break and we'll uh, we'll go with uh, some off topic after the break. No worries. All right, we'll be back after this. You're listening to JBT podcast. Be sure to give us a rating on iTunes. Welcome back to JBT podcast, mate. We're going to kick off here with the my favourite section of this podcast at the Off Topic. So what have you got for us this week? Well, firstly, Geelong just won our first game of the season, 115-73. to Seven-goal win, danger, dominating as, as normal. Um, but yes, our Off Topic, Nicholas, um, food-related, so I'm sure you'll love this. Yes, in, uh, of course. In honor, of course, we all love food here at JBT. In honour of ESPN's The Magazine article on the classic American PB&J sandwich... We wanted to chat about uh, the best sandwich combos. And, uh, you know, we could do it probably one the one hour mark or so now. This podcast could go for about four hours if we uh, if you wanted to keep going for as long as you could probably talk. I'm a man who can ramble, as, uh, as our listeners can, uh, can verify in these sections. Um, so, mate, you know, where do you want me to start? I mean, this... All right. I reckon we start with, say, like a Subway. Like, what's your go-to Subway? All right. You know, what's your bread? What's your fillings? What's right. your cheeses? It used, to be multi- it used to be multigrain, but they fucked off multigrain, and I'm pissed off. Yep. So... What uh, are the Italians It's, it's nine... It's nine... No, screw that. 
it's now it's nine. I try to be healthy with my sub. Right? <laughs> so nine out of ten times, this is my sub. I, I get the nine grain foot long. I get no meat. I get no cheese. Now this what? is have you, this has already tripped you out, hasn't it? <laughs> this is stupid. You're wrong. <laughs> hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I get it toasted because you got to get a little bit of crunch in that bread. I then I then put lettuce, spinach. I've, I'm a big advocate of spinach now. I try Love to spinach. pack it up with spinach as much as I can. Tomato, spinach carrot, onion, capsicum, jalapeno, and the jalapeno is a big thing. Jalapeno is awesome. Jalapeno is a must. And then Southwest sauce, and you're good. And that's it. If How I if I want to tr- like if I want to treat if I want to treat myself, mate, I put salami in it. I put a <laughs> I, I put salami I, I put salami and um and tasty cheese and toast See, it, that, and that's my sub. Oh, with that all the combination other would have been perfect if you added in the chicken teriyaki. No, 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 no. Subway chicken Subway chicken tastes like ass. Well, I dis well I disagree. I, I go for the flatbread or the Italian herb. It, t- it because... tastes like processed crap, and I just I'm just like I'd rather not pay the money to get crappy chicken. Fair enough, and um, we could we, okay. So we, we've got our subway. But I uh, threw you a curveball there with the uh, meatless subs. But I do I do I legitimately enjoy. Say, yeah. I do legitimately enjoy the meatless sub because the all my flavor comes from. You know, your onion, your capsicum, jalapenos are packed yeah. with flavor. And yeah. the sauce, the Southwest sauce, it's just amazing. What about, okay, so if we go to say, what's your, if you, you know, you're making a sandwich for your, your internship or, you know, for, for uni or whatever, you need a lunch. What's your go-to, you know, I'm sure you've got a few varieties. Um, and tell me as well, how do you cut it? Are you a, a triangle diagonal man or are you a rectangle? Well, of fella? course, I have overthought this you know, to the death. Um, <laughs> it depends because are you getting it toasted? Are you, I, I mean, if I was going to uni, I don't have access to a toaster. So I'm That's not making, I mean. I'm no, not making I'm a ham and cheese. Just plain, yeah, a plain fresh ham and cheese sandwich or a tuna sandwich. Nah, see, no, got, nothing, man? nothing. I, I, I go spreads. If I don't have a, if I don't have access to a toaster, I go spreads because cold meat, cold cheese, is just no, just nah, nah, not having it. Has ham to be, and cheese, man. Nah, it's, not even. It's, it's, it, um, ham and cheese becomes a hundred times better when it's toasted. It does. So yeah, if, and, if and, I have access to a toaster, I I have access to a toaster at my internship, and I want sandwiches for lunch. Like <laughs> no one really like no one like you just have a sandwich for lunch because that's what you do. It's just, but I yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for lunch. Because I'm just like, oh yeah, toasted ham and cheese, sandwich. toasted salami and cheese. Oh man, I'm oh. With may I ask Nicholas, with your ham and cheese, um, as well. The two questions: How do you cut it? And also, are you a mustard man? Not, no, no, no sauces, none. Because when it's toasted, so, when it's toasted, you don't need the sauce. Because you get yeah, salt you, not nothing, nothing, just ham and cheese. Nothing? And cut. How is it cut? Well, here's the thing: when it's toasted, you cut it into triangles. If it's not toasted, you cut it into rectangles. See, I, I, the, the psychology of cutting it into triangles, I just love. 
Um, it looks, I don't know, it, there's, there's something childlike about it. It looks almost bigger. Eating it. Um, it, it it's, it's more, for, for me, it's more the ergonomics of eating it. And yes, I am. Yeah. This is a science for me. This I study this shit. Um, <laughs> when it's not when it's not toasted. So if I don't have a toasted sandwich and I'm I'm having one of my spreads sandwiches, my Vegemites or my uh, my Nutella's peanut butters or both. Like fusing Nutella and peanut butter is one of the best combinations. Um, I cut them into squares. It's easier to pack. Um, cause you know, squares fit in nicely to lunch boxes and you know, all that, all that stuff. Um, but into, and, and nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna spill out of them. So you, how, how do I explain this? If you cut it into, if you cut a toaster sandwiches into a triangle, you can eat it from the corner. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's You're just, yes. And, and so like the cheese doesn't really have a opportunity I've found I don't know how it works I've found that when I'm eating a, a triangularly cut toasted sandwich and you eat it from the corners it doesn't spill out as much and there's nothing worse than having like a bit of oil that the salami has created that's burning hot mixed with cheese spill onto your hand and you just you're, you're dying <laughs> you die. You're dying. No. You're dying. It, it hurts. It's a burn. It, it hurts a lot. So cheese like is less likely to spill out when it's cut into a triangle. I have found. I feel like Nick. If you were to die, you would probably die from some sandwich-related death. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. Um. When we're making just you know your plain toast, chuck in some uh, some white bread, some some multi grains, some whole meal, some whatever into the toaster. Chuck on your your slather on some butter and your you add the the salty butyl beauty that is uh, Vegemite. Soldiers cut into soldiers. No. I'm a big fan of it, Nicholas. I only big cut fan. my toast into soldiers if I need to dunk them into my boiled egg. And that's only because the bread needs to be of a certain size to fit within the boiled egg. For me, the reason why I do the soldiers is because when you cut it, and I'm pretty sure this is a thing with all foods, when you cut it up more, it makes you seem fuller because you're eating a larger quantity, even though the same the food is the same size. Maybe for so amateurs you like you who don't know how hey. to eat. Hey. You shut your mouth, all right? You you eat your triangle burning sensation from salami, mate. I'll well, haven't you been milk. listening to me? If I cut it into triangles, I don't get burnt. All right, whatever, <laughs> you square bastard. You're a triangle, I'm a square. And like little, uh, if you cut them into triangles, like into four triangles, it's like little bite-sized triangles and it's like more professional looking because you get right, the sandwich yeah, platters let, that are... Yeah. Let, let's give our top three most eaten sandwiches toasted untoasted or, or or actual toast itself so for me number one is just your your better butter and veggie on toast it's it's a staple i have it daily it is if not every other day um i'm a big big fan we haven't mentioned this of um the tuna sandwich plain tuna bit of salt and pepper one nice fresh white bread it is uh it, it's something to behold mate you and then, sicken me uh, Oh, you can't go past the ham and cheese, and um, I'll toasted preferably, but I'll, I'll, I'll happily take an untoasted as well. 
un- and allowed see, see, the to toast, the, the fact that it's toasted boosts like a non-toasted ham and cheese sandwich is almost last for me, but a toasted ham and cheese sandwich is is close to top. That's how big what the is discrepancy that? is for me. What's your top three? Well, my my top has to be as just a, cl- a salami and cheese toasted sandwich. Beautiful, yep. like the sal- sal- toasting the sal- like heating up the salami brings out all these oils. <laughs> oh, it is! It is! It's it's glorious. We're so passionate about our off topics. Um, I <laughs> know it's crazy. Uh, then <laughs> my next one would be a a jaffle of a chicken peri peri sauce, like Nando's peri peri and cheese sandwich. Like that Ooh. is that is that is magnificent in a jaffle. Yeah. So you got these. It's not a sandwich press. So it's these thick sandwiches are delicious um and my third would have to be just if i were to pick a non-toasted one would be the mixture of nutella and peanut butter in just a a normal sandwich see i prefer just eating nutella from the jar i'm just i'm a lazy man of of course but like the combination of like because i'm I, i love i love my peanut butter as much as i love nutella so fusing the two is just like you know jizz in your mouth it's it's yep. it is that good. I mean, Mate, we speak for for days and days and bygones about sandwiches, but um, you know, send us your thoughts. Do you agree, disagree with our thoughts on sandwiches? Are you a triangle? Are you a square cutter? What are your condiments? We might I might even post a Twitter poll uh, about favorite sandwich combos because um, it's it's been lighting up the Twitter sphere and social medias, but um. Nick, do we want to do our DBS and uh, get this thing rolling and, and kick it all off so you can get to bed soon, or do you want to head to a break? Um, we might. Uh, I will go, we'll get straight into it. May as well. Um, do it. Our, our DBS this week, for those of you who are new to the podcast, um, we get given three basketball players, both past and present, and we have to decide who we drop, who we bench, and who we start DBS. Uh, it's that simple. So this week we've got a center-themed uh, DBS this week. So we've got Brooke Lopez, Mashin Gotat, and Dwight Howard. I don't know why I said that like a Frenchman, but I did. He's Polish. He's Polish. <laughs> um, anyway, who you got, mate? Who you dropping, benching, starting? All right. I can only, uh, I can sure only imagine who you're starting. Bloody hell. Well, clearly. I mean, uh, I'm starting Brolo. I mean, well, I was, I had some Brolo love earlier, so I've got to start my boy. I've got his jersey. I've got his... Uh, He's T. Um, I'm Team Brolo till I die. Hashtag Brooklyn. Um, I'm benching Dwight Howe. He's still he's having quite a good season, um, especially in terms of his rebounding percentages. He's almost one of, if not the best rebounder in the league, um, with you know Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan. He is beasting it on the boards. Um, his uh, offensive game, other than that, leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, and uh, I'm dropping just purely because he is the worst player out of these three. Um, and I think he has the least offensive and defensive capabilities out of these three in uh, Marching Gortat because without John Wall, Marching Gortat is nothing. Whereas you can, Dwight Howard in his heyday, even Dwight Howard now, um, best player on the Atlanta Hawks. Brook Lopez, best player on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, whereas Marching Gortat, you put him in, you know, 30 other teams and he's gonna, still going to be your second, third stringer, even fourth stringer. I mean, you, he's probably Washington's fourth stringer behind Otto Porter, Bradley Beal and John Wall anyway. Um, 
Nick, who do you agree, disagree? What are your thoughts? Um, this isn't. This is obviously going to come off as bias, but that is total horseshit. Um, to to say Martin Gortat would be nothing without John Wall is not it's it's ludicrous it's not for someone who watches every single Washington Wizards game it's not true he gets a lot of points from oops yes there's a lot of pick and roll yes but the amount of times Martin Gortat gets caught up in post and his spin moves are, are amazing like his he he can his ability to know where the basket is and just you know it, it'll all be points in the paint he doesn't have a shot and that's you know one you know that's one of his one of his drawbacks he he doesn't have a shot but you put him in the post with someone i'm going to bet him to um to get that point he's he's like, very very good at shooting over his defender and from what I've seen, I mean, his, his field goal percentage says that he's 57%. He's very efficient from those sorts of uh, annals. And but it's, yeah, I very... would argue in the sense that Dwight Howard is very similar. Um, Marcin probably has a slightly more refined game in the post than Dwight does, but Dwight more than makes up for it with his defensive capabilities. Um, oh, I, yes. I, I agree, yes, but you, you can't say that Marcin Gortat is nothing without John Wall. That's that's not true. He needs um, a good point guard. I'm going to say that. It makes him look better. Yes, like Marcin Gortat is very, very good at pick and roll. Um, so, you know, a, lo- a lot of great centers uh, and great point guards, you know, that that they've helped each other to, to get to that status. Um, I'm not saying that he would be uh, where he is at the moment without John Wall, but he still has his capabilities, very much so. Yeah. Um, I would probably drop Brook Lopez as well as he is playing twenty points a game. You can't get away with five rebounds as a center a game. That is that is that is terrible. As good as he is offensively, and he is, and you're you're right. Like I understand why you'd start him. He's is offensive brilliance. But if I'm going to play a center, I want my center to rebound the ball. Um and that it's as simple as that. I mean Dwight I'm I'm starting Dwight. His his season this year compared to last season has been amazing. He's shooting sixty three percent from the field. Um yeah, amazingly can, he hasn't taken a single three point shot. So that's you know that's an effort in itself. Not a single three point I- shot. Well, he hasn't I can made definitely single, understand the starting one. with Dwight Howard. Um, I'm, my bias has certainly come through in starting Brooke, but um, I still think Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez's skill set, um, like if if you've got your like if you're starting Dwight and you can have Brooke Lopez like an Enos Cannon coming off the bench, I think that works better in terms of your possible team cohesion than having. Martin Gortat, who is almost a poor man's version of Dwight Howard, coming off the bench. Yeah, okay, I, I get that. In, to, in sort of branching out your uh, your team to have a a various skill set, I guess. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand that. It really just depends on your understanding of this whole game that we've kind of coined. Um, yeah. Again, like I said, it, it might be biased. I've seen Martin Gortat play. 
infinitely more times than Brolo and Dwight Howard this year. Um, so I, I see he's good. I see he's bad. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just I'm leaning towards a a, a march in drop. Uh, sorry, a, a march in um, bench. And Dwight Howard this year has been amazing. Um, and like you said, he he's um, le- one of the league leaders in rebounding, rebounding at the moment, twelve point eight a game, uh, which is what I want my center to do. And he's 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 a defensive juggernaut. So yeah, so he he's definitely starting for me. Um, but yeah. It, it, it's marching next, and I'm dropping Brolo. Sauce, mate. You you drop oh, you, you drop you drop Gortat, so I can drop Brolo. It might be a little bit of spite <laughs> as well. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, you you're probably fucking just dropping him because I. <laughs> you, we, I mean, as soon as I did this, I'm like, no, neither of them. I can almost see what's going to happen here. Like, uh, I'm like, I wanted to sort of do it because, like it did, it, it sparked some decent banter, and it was a good discussion. We were able to say like why. We would start either player. We have obviously uh, an in-depth knowledge of, of certain players, but yeah, solid DBS, Nicholas. Um, appreciate you staying up a bit later. Yeah, um, uh, a fair, a fair bit later, mate. <laughs> I appreciate it very heavily, mate. But I've been up for a while, so don't yeah. worry. I'll, and now there's a two-hour difference from back home. But um, give them the. Is it the two hours? Is it two shield. hours now? Is it? But it is now because oh, we had daylight right. savings last night. All oh, right, it's it's even going to be out, uh, more because our daylight savings turn turning back to normal. So I think it'll be three hours soon enough. Oh, so it'll be like no, yeah, that's not too bad. That's a nine-hour difference. Um, but yeah, quality potters normal and Nicholas, you're killing it as usual, my friend. Give him uh, give him that spiel that we love. All right, just as ever, guys. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of Just Ball Things NBA podcast. You can find us on iTunes and any decent pod center. And remember to rate and review the show because it'll help others find us and help add to the conversation. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can hit us up on a variety of ways. Um, On Twitter at JBT Podcast or using the hashtag JBT Pod. Uh, you can get in contact with us personally on Twitter at JBT at JBT Real NJ is myself, and at the J Man JBT is Jack. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash JBT Podcast or Instagram at JBT Pod, and also through email at JBT Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, it's you guys that make the show great, so we appreciate any and every post heading our way. So until next week, go Cutters! Go Cats.